You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose. And now drops it, Kane shoots, trickling puck, Nordstrom reaches out with his left leg and kicks it away from Lynette. That was going in. In tight, Huberto trying to go back into forehand, they score. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. The Flames win it! Yeah, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Good morning. It's Monday. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan. Busy weekend of sport. Flames win in overtime Saturday night 3-2 over the Hurricanes. There were some Canes fans there I saw on television. Three or four maybe. Yeah, the odd one every so often. Um, Their sweaters are stupid. It says Canes. <laughs> it's dumb. You don't like the old 90s no, style? Of no, the I hate. No, diagonal, five hate. Wor- five letters, and that's the name. Here it yep. is. Hate is a strong word, but their their sweaters suck. They do. Yeah, I I don't really like the side. Like, even when the Rangers used to have it, like, and I really like the Rangers uniforms. I think they're quite sharp. But yeah. even when they did the... The sideways lettering yeah. never really did it for me. Um, the 90s ones with the Penguins, when they have Pittsburgh that way, those ones were kind of weird because it reminds you of like Mario Lemieux and Yarmy or Yager when Lemieux used to wear all his like coho gear. Mm-hmm. And Yager with his like, beautiful mullet with his Jofa bucket. It's too many letters for Penguins. Like if you're going to no, do Canes, Pittsburgh. yeah, even worse. If yeah. it's Canes, I'm like, fine, it's five letters. You can throw it yeah. all on there, but... Hmm. You okay? No, chair doing all right. And this chair left—it's so—it's <laughs> like the—it's like fixing your posture you, you the look, whole show. You look like, like you're on the stiff. ocean. You're yeah, rocking. very stiff. Um, your chance to win tickets this morning. Uh, apparently, they're lower bowl. I thought we were always giving away lower bowl. Yeah. What yeah. were we giving away? Bleeders the whole time? Yeah, like they were press level seats. <laughs> like what were we giving? <laughs> yeah. What were we giving out? I think that they were lower bowl. I think okay. that they've just begun to specify. Okay. Your chance to win lower bowl tickets. Because uh, Crosby and Malkin and Latang are coming to town tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. We wanted to ask you, um, who's your favorite opposing player to visit the Dome and why? You give us a good little story, 960-960 on the text line. We'll also open up the phone lines later at around 730. You give us a nice little story, name and location, please. You could probably win some tickets to tomorrow night's game. Go see uh, Sid Malkin. You know, it's kind of unique because last year we were like, well, is this the last time that you're going to get to see them ever come through Calgary as a tandem? And obviously that's not what turned out. And all the guys re-signed and they got term and they got money and they got everything. So you're probably going to see a couple more opportunities down the road to see these guys. But but they're getting up there in their careers. Don't waste your chances. Um, One shot, one opportunity. Yeah, um, (laughs) that's right, Eminem. Uh, don't get rid of mom's spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. So, um, nine sixty nine sixty on the text line. That's your chance to win tickets. Give us your favorite opposing player visiting the dome and why. Give us a good little story. Chances are, um, you could win some tickets. Um, you had a an interesting weekend. Oh boy, did I ever! I was busy, George. So, um, busy, I've really busy. enjoyed. I've been here three weeks now. Uh huh. This beautiful city. Three plus weeks now. And uh, Saturday was my first taste of the snow, which was fun. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, great, it's snowing. Nothing like the it first snow of the city to yeah, it was beautiful. first snow of the year to make you just want to stay in home, eat hot cocoa, or drink hot eat cocoa. Hot cocoa and or drink it, whatever. Eat whatever you soup. do with cocoa. Do you drink soup? Do you uh, eat you, soup? You can. You can do both. Sure. Um, you you played slow pitch. Not only slow pitch this weekend. Yeah. You played co-ed slow pitch. <laughs> yes. Which is far worse than regular <laughs> slow pitch. Like, I used to play co-ed slow pitch, yeah. and I wouldn't wish co-ed slow pitch on everybody. But your lady likes to play, yeah. so you got snookered. In a, you see, you're at and that w- age. And we're not very good, so okay. I'm just out there to have a good time and throw the okay. ball around, swing right. the bat a bit. See, Patty Dumont, our producer, Patty Dumont. You know what I love when Maddie just said about that? Yeah. We're not very good. We're having to have fun. Hey, you know what's fun? Winning. <laughs> Winning's yeah. always fun. I like winning. Yeah, it's great when. So, uh, do you guys uh, win it all, or do you guys get your ass beat all the time? Oh no, uh, we we actually won our summer league. Oh, we went undefeated. Well, no kidding. Oh, you went undefeated. No wonder they're having fun. On the table, we did. 
our teeth kicked in yesterday. <laughs> okay. We lost in every single elements. game. <laughs> it was the elements. Both teams were playing in the elements. But yeah, it was the elements. <laughs> so uh, since I've been here, all I kept hearing about was, oh, wait till you have four seasons in one day here in Calgary, because <laughs> that's how some people talk to me here. Um, and then you ended up playing slow pitch in the snow. Mm-hmm. How was your experience? But first and foremost, what I need to know is, was anybody wearing jeans? Because it's a co-ed slow pitch tournament. Did not see any jeans. Um, I think given the weather, there was a lack of jeans. It was tough because it snowed a lot and it still kind of hung around zero degrees. So it was that wet, sloppy, messy snow. So by the third game, there was about six to eight feet straight of water in front of every single base. Uh, the mound was fully underwater. If you were in the batting box, you were in about a, a, an inch and a half of water. I had some really good boots, so I actually managed to keep my feet dry for, I think, three games. The fourth, it started to trickle in. And, uh, man, it well, was it was damp. It was wet. It was not great. I had, like, goggles, snow pants, winter jacket. Miserable. It was oh, miserable, right? Awful. Like, it reminded me of the South Park episode where all of the kids are playing Little League. Yeah. And uh, they're playing in the summer and they want to lose because that means that they get their summer back. They don't have to play Little League anymore. But the parents want to win because they're really into it. Right. And everybody who was playing felt like the kids. Like we finished our last game and we were like, well, you guys have to stay here and play more games. That, See you later. That's really good for you guys. Congratulations. Was there at least lots of beers in the parking lot? Um, They had like a nice little kind of shack, okay. a little restaurant there okay. um, with just a couple of um, uh, lovely ladies who were uh, trying to tend the bar there. Okay. And a little bit out of their swinging out of their boots with some of those lineups there, but uh, they did a good job. We weren't allowed to bring a, a old booze, so... Uh, Actually, good rates and everything, but yeah, we got after okay. it. Okay. Um. So, how did the if the ball was hit ground ball wise, how did that work out? I was playing third base. Oh, because you have a laser rocket arm. Uh, You're like the Matt Chapman of your co-ed slow, a slow pitch. No, team? no, I don't play on this team. Like during the season, this is a different group. So they were just like, "Hey, this is where you're going. Play okay. there." I'm well, like, that, okay, that's sure. a compliment for you. Yeah, I was like, this is a critical error on your part. They you could have threw you in right field. Yeah, that's usually like Rome right field. Yeah. I can sit at first base and swallow up some poorly thrown passes like every a once Hoover? in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. kind of. Yeah, so That's a little bold. But I was out at third, and I think we went through two and a half games before a ball <laughs> made it to me because it would get caught up in the snow and just sit right beside the pitcher. So the poor pitcher was making every pitch. Anything that was grounded, he had to chase down because it usually stopped in front of him. And then he's just throwing basically this ball of mud at first base (laughs) for the entire... (laughs) That sounds like a miserable time. It was... It was miserable. Did did your lady have fun or no? She was like, we shouldn't have done this. I think that everybody um, had some regrets early on. We yeah. ended up having a pretty good time as a team. Like there were dugouts at least, so like there was yeah. a little bit of uh, hiding from the it, elements. But um, Patty Dumont, this is my question I mm-hmm. ask to a lot of people when they experience something for the first time: Would you do it again? <laughs> no, he wouldn't. You you took too long. It's no. You're no. not doing that again. It wasn't. You, you know, it was miserable. Like the thing is, if it had been two days earlier, yeah, how great would it and have now, been? And now, and now, you anticipating that much snow? No, it wasn't. Like, granted, I brought when I woke up in the morning. I was like, "Well, we are underpacked," and I grabbed an extra bag, and I had like more sweaters and more socks and everything. I I was way overloaded, but See, it was more than we expected. You're getting to that age now where you're like, "Wow, uh, that wasn't really that much fun." Because you were younger, you'd be like, "Yeah." <laughs> I'm going to get some drinks. We're going to go out there and play some slow s- snow pitch. It's going to be the best ever. And now you're like, eh, you're getting to that age. Yeah, I think I very much am. Where, eh, yeah, eh, like there's no way I would have enjoyed that or even wanted to do that. Because I'm at that point where like, no, I'm at that point now. I've been to a couple of Bills games. I will never go to another <laughs> Bills game again. Like it's miserable. Unless you're completely like annihilated drunk. Like, next week, the Sunday nighter, literally, people will start tailgating there Saturday morning yeah. for the Sunday game. 
Like, I can't stress this enough. A Bills game is a lawless land. Like, you can literally see people dropping a deuce in the stands while you're watching the game. Like, it's it's like the lowest comment. Like, yeah. humanity takes a backseat to the animals that are Bills fans. Like, people don't realize. It sounds like the purge. That well, Essentially, it is. And, like, like it's... It's the lowest common denominator of Bills games. I, I would never go to another Bills game. And even if you go in September and it's beautiful out, it's still freezing in that stadium because the wind howls there in Buffalo. It could be 25 degrees out. You're like, wow, it's beautiful. It'll still be cold in that damn stadium. Like, I would not wish, you know, a, a Bills game. And if you like to go, that's great. You, you like to go down to the Stamps games, but there is just a different element at the oh. Bills games. Because if you go, you have to get there at 6 a.m. and get after it right away. And then you have to somehow be sober enough to walk into the stadium like a zombie so they can let you actually into the stadium. And then that's when he gets even more reckless because the stuff that happens in the stands at, at Bill's games, you could get arrested for in regular life. It sounds like very much, a, like I said, very purgy, uh, lawless, yeah. reckless, um, unhinged would be another word that starts to come to mind. This was not really any of that. Um, this was wet, damp, and by uh, the fourth game, I was ready to go home. Got home in time to watch the Stampeders game, and uh, the booze had worn off probably by puck drop. Okay. Look at you. Yeah. Very resourceful. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, um, just wanted to ask you uh, this question, you and producer Patty Dumont. Yeah. Um, in Philadelphia, uh, the Phillies uh, beat the Padres in five games off to the World Series. Yeah. Bryce Harper hits a dramatic three-run home run, uh, delivers it. Uh, he's super jacked up, super pumped up. Couldn't happen to a better guy. So, uh, yeah. So, in uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. In, in Philadelphia, they knew that people were going to go to Broad Street and start celebrating. So, they do this at Mardi Gras in New Orleans. I knew this. But they do it in, they do it in Philadelphia. They grease the poles yeah. so people can't climb them. I saw the video earlier in the day of the literal city workers with yeah. like the, the window squeegees. Yeah. yeah, Chris going up the poles. And I was like, dang, like that's... Now, I mm. wanted... You guys are probably a little too young to remember the 04 Cup run. Like you remember it, but you weren't... Oh, they were um, getting... It was barely sentient. Yeah. So um, that's what I wanted to ask. Did they... Do, do people climb the poles here? Do they climb poles here in the Red Mile? Do they have to grease them up? Did no, that happen? I don't think they greased them, but they were uh, they were like, climbing stuff. Red okay. Mile, oh, yeah. Red Mile was full blown unruly, yeah. like like a Bills game. Like I was nine and I felt left out. There's some of the pictures that have popped up from the recent so Red Mile where I'm like, whoa, that's a bad yeah. vibe. <laughs> no, so I remember uh, uh -huh. the Red Mile, and I remember that. How do you put this? Yeah, uh, some of the ladies were generous with showing something. Sure, yeah, that's a great way. I to remember, put it. I remember that, and I'm like, oh wow. And then I remember the next year, they're like in Edmonton. Please, ladies, put it back on. I remember that too. The following <laughs> year, I do specifically remember that. So, um, they don't grease the so because if the Flames won the Stanley Cup, uh huh, my God, would it be a party downtown? Yeah, and, and would it, the city of Calgary need to grease some poles because some very jovial Flames fans would yeah. maybe feel the need to climb some poles. I, I honestly, or it, does it feel like more of an American thing to climb poles? No, it feels like um, you're getting after it and your team won and, and, and it's, and it feels like a good idea at the time. And I also think in a day where social media is such a thing, do you know how many people would be climbing up there just to get a picture of the entire street? Oh yeah. Just yeah. to be like, Oh, I got to get this vantage point. Right. Like, and, and I don't think it would be just the, the, the like light posts and stuff. Like I think people would be climbing on the buildings on 17th Ave and like it's full blown. It was unruly back in 04. We haven't had anything quite like it since there's been, you know, it was okay, but the, you need to get to the Western conference run. That that's the big one. Um, if, if you were around at that time, uh, 960, 960 on the text line, uh, let us know. Do they grease the poles around the red mile? Uh, so nobody could climb them. Because I feel like that's something people would do if the Flames actually won a Stanley Cup. Sure. I would climb things. Yeah. And I like climbing things yeah. in general. And in Philadelphia, that's 
that's just a bad scene because Philadelphia isn't the safest place in the world. <laughs> but congratulations to the Phillies who will play the Astros in the World Series. Um, Astros whip the Yankees um, like they stole something in four straight. Astros has been the best team in the American League all year. Most complete team in baseball. Boom. Off to the World Series. I was thinking about this, and I wonder for Jays fans, like, is there any sort of joy in the no. fact that the Yankees got swept because it's still the Astros? No, you blew an 8-1 lead uh, to the Mariners in your wild oh. card game at home, so they're still sour about that. Uh, one more quick thing about, because nobody cares about baseball, but I, especially the, the, well, they care about the Blue Jays, but not the uh, ALCS. Uh, Dusty Baker, uh, I kind of want him to win a World Series, uh, the Lizard. And especially because he, two things for Dusty Baker that amaze me. Number one, he wears black latex gloves now in the dugout all the time. Maybe so, that's like a pandemic COVID thing, which is weird. Yeah. But he does that. But number two, he does rock a toothpick. Now, toothpick, a toothpick in your mouth is, it's not a look, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. Now, do you know, Patty Dumas, I'll ask you too. Mm-hmm. Do you, does anybody in your life rock a toothpick? Uh, I mean, I always, I, I love having a toothpick. Like, that does mouth. feel like a Patty Dumont like type of thing. My dad used it a lot. I like, I, okay. You know, Razor so, Ramon, I loved Scott right? Hall back in the day. So, so yeah. is that what you do? Like, if you had a disagreement with somebody while you had a toothpick in your mouth, you flicked it like, like Razor Ramon did? Yeah. Just um, flicking at their forehead. So, when you go to a rib joint uh, and all of a sudden you got all this stuff in your teeth, you definitely grab like three or four mint toothpicks oh, on yeah. the way out and then you rock it in your mouth. And how long do you keep the toothpick in your mouth? Oh. Probably a ride home. You probably probably get last about twenty minutes with that okay. flavor. All right, and you oh. don't know. I don't. I don't feel like you're a toothpick guy. No, I'm more it's of a gross. get home and use a flossing stick. Yeah, it's kind of gross. Speaking of which, uh, watch that uh, game yesterday in football. T.J. Watt last night. The uh, Steelers, Steelers and Dolphins. Dolphins in return he was chewing on one of those floss sticks in his mouth. Oh, when they showed him on the sideline. That's not the first time that people have been like flossing on the sideline. Yeah, like, no, wasn't he, there something recent, like last w- couple of years? He was chewing on it. It was really weird. I'm like, why is he chewing on a flossing stick thingy there? So you don't know anybody with a toothpick. So yeah, I want Dusty Baker to win a world championship because I think it'd be nice. The guy deserves it. Uh, he's been one of uh, the better managers in all of baseball. The Phillies are managed by a Canadian now, though. Yeah, yeah that, that's great. Rob Thompson. There you go. Um, and I don't think a lot of people are like, yeah, Canadian going to win a World Series with the Phillies. <laughs> Nobody cares. But uh, real quick, too, uh, our weekend, uh, three and three on our best bet segment. Well, we all tied, so nobody wins. Oh, So that's okay. That's too bad. That's fine. I know you guys are all about uh, Felix Ojeali, a seam winning the European Open on the weekend, too. I was dialed into that. Yeah, I... he beat Sebastian Corda in the final. You guys are all dialed in. Yeah. Back-to-back back wins team. now. Big yeah. time. Huge. Uh, Felix good. Still up and coming. We'll see what he does in Australia in January, because I'm sure you guys are going to be all over uh, the Aussie Open. I mean, we'll be up. In January. Yeah. Um. So, Flames. <laughs> uh, Flames. Um. 3-2 win against the Hurricanes. And the first period, uh, Carolina was just dominating that first period. They uh, were skating. It, it was very reminiscent of the Sabres game. And then I thought in the second period, uh, Maddie, I thought uh, the Flames did a great job of shrinking the ice. They they slowed down the Hurricanes. I thought they did a great job of shutting them down. And then in the third period, Carolina again took over. Their speed took over. And Jacob Markstrom uh, was really good. Um, the offside, that changed the whole tide of this game because the Canes score with eight seconds left. And we're, we are going to talk. And later, Peter Lombardi is going to join us for the first time. We're very excited to talk to Lou. Obviously, from Sportsnet 960, he'll join us at 8 o'clock. Um, a lot of talk's been around um, Jacob Markstrom. I know Eric Francis wrote a piece after the game on Saturday night on Jacob Markstrom. That was a soft goal he let in with eight seconds to go. That thing was just fluttered by his glove, and it went into the net. And then all of a sudden, it was erased from memory because of the offside rule. That's just such a bad rule <laughs> in the NHL. Like, I know it's at least the offside, and it's not even... It's not even black or white in the NHL either. The offside rule, there's a lot of gray area. It's just the spirit of the rule, and it worked out for the Flames, so Flames Flames fans don't care. It's awesome. But the spirit of the rule that that play happened like 20 seconds prior to the actual goal, Mm -hmm. there has to be some sort of statute of limitations here. Oh, 20 seconds is fine, though. For me, it's when it gets up to like two, three, four minutes. That's when I'm like, this is ridiculous. 30 seconds, that's still the same shift. Like, if you're going and you're changing your guys and you're getting into that point, then I'm like, okay, it's getting a little bit long in the tooth here. 
But if you're talking about 20, 30 seconds, that's fine for me. I'm not worried about that at all. That's that's still very much a part of the play that has led to the end result 20 seconds later. If it's the same possession, whatever. If the if the puck comes out past the line again, and then you enter again, and then you go back and check an offside two entries ago, pfft, no good. Yeah, it's just some of the review process in the NHL is yeah. just, it's no good. Nah, granted, he was yeah. offside. He was, right, because he didn't have full possession going over yeah. uh, the blue line, Sebastian Ajo. But, uh, yeah, just I, the rule sucks. That's what it does because they don't want egregious offsides to count as goals like they have in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So the NHL want to do it. I'm just saying I hate that. It's just it doesn't feel like that what it was intended for. Like, did it really feel like that had that much influence on the play? Well, not really because – the Flames did have a chance to clear the puck, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just yeah. the spirit of the rule sucks. Yeah, you don't score the goal. You never would have been in the zone if you weren't onside to begin with. And I understand all of that. But it's just too much time elapses when the actual... And then they have to put on 30-something seconds yeah, back on the clock. I don't know. It sucks. Like, it's just... The play is kind of moot for me because he's offside. The play should be dead at that point. So everything that happens after is basically irrelevant. My biggest question is, do the guys get credit for time on ice when they skate those 25 seconds? No, everything I don't gets think erased from memory. So, everything is done. Yeah. Nobody worries about anything ever again. Uh, and then Jacob Marstrom shuts the door. Uh, that the double minor that Blake Coleman took. <laughs> and that was a very undisciplined penalty, too. Like, he cross-checked um, Burns. Brent Burns right in the face. Right in the mush. Yeah. he and, and, and I don't know why he was even upset about it. And then Flames fans were booing every time Burns touched the puck. Hilarious. Because hey, no he suck. got cross-checked in the face. <laughs> because like, he, and then he was bleeding. <laughs> it's like, you suck, Burns! You're that, so soft! That definitely goes back to his yeah. days in San Jose as well. Yeah. But hilarious. Yeah. Every time he touched it. And I thought he was thrown off after that, too. Because I bet in his mind, he's like, are you kidding me? He just, he just got me right in the mush. I'm spitting out blood on the bench, yeah. and you guys are booing me? Right. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Very undisciplined uh, play. And then Brent Burns with the shorter beard. I like when he has the long, You like the scraggly. real mountain man? Yeah, like, and it's gray, and he's, he's, just, <laughs> he's just fermenting that thing, so it's really darker, so and it's a little weird. He's got none he like of a his new fake look. teeth in. Yeah, he's like, he, he, new look for him in uh, Carolina. But um, Flames win, big win. Jacob Markstrom, great. In the third period, um, but Nazem Kadri continues to be like I don't think anybody in this city thought that guy would be this good this early. Yep, for this team, but he has been a force out on the ice. Scored the opening goal, and not only what he's doing offensively and creating chances, it's what he's doing on the other end of the ice mm -hmm. too. That's super impressive. And again, a guy that the Flames had their eye on for years finally comes here. As a free agent, again, I don't think there's any question that he's been Calgary's best player so far this season. Yeah, I would fully agree with you. I don't know if you can have much of an argument elsewhere. The top line has had its struggles. I think the back line has been solid, but they're not necessarily producing a ton of offense. Um, the fourth line's been the fourth line. Another big tuck for Brett Ritchie. Gross goal for Antti Ranta, but nevertheless. And then you look at the blue line. It's been good. There's been a little bit of up and down for, I think, everybody within that group itself. And then Jacob Markstrom, the exact same thing. So I would fully agree that Nazem Kadri has been the best player on this team. I think that Saturday was the first time that I felt like his line mates, Andrew Mangiapane and Dylan Dubé, weren't necessarily holding up their end of the bargain and, and playing to the same level that he was. Um, but that was really the first time in five games where they've been as a line that I've really felt that they were maybe a step behind. And I don't have much of an issue with that. I think that there was a lot of questions about Dubé and Manjapani going into the season if they could handle this role at all. Mm -hmm. And I think through five games, they've showed that they can. But now it is the, the hard part of the NHL, the hard part of the everyday league. Can you do it for six, month, six months, right. 82 games, in a top six role where you're not only asked to put up offense, but you're asked to check the other team's best, second best players. Now, granted, the back one line creates a little bit of a nice luxury for the Flames where they can line match a little bit. But nevertheless, they're asking to do a lot for guys that are 24, 25, 26. Now, granted, they've all played 200-plus NHL games, closer to 300 for um, Manjapani, if I'm not mistaken. But still, that was the first time where I was like, hmm, 
They needed to be a little bit better. Codry was outstanding once again, though. Because he's been driving that line oh, yeah. the entire time. Uh, lots on the Flames and Canes straight ahead. In the morning report at the top of the hour, our pal Charles Davis, NFL insider, CBS Sports NFL analyst. He had the call of the Broncos and Jets game yesterday, I believe. Yeah, yes. Charles was on that game. Yep. I, I was watching some of that game. Brees Hall. Yeah, that was mm, uh, not he's, good. He's out for, uh, he's got an ACL injury. That's no good. Uh, Peter Labardius, as I mentioned at 8 o'clock, Calgary Flames radio analyst, right here, Sports at 960. And Phil Bork, Pittsburgh Penguins radio analyst, two time Stanley Cup champion at 830. We're also giving away Flames tickets this morning. Lower ball to the game tomorrow between the Flames and the Penguins down at the Dome. We want to hear from you because. Sid and, and Gino and Latang are in town tomorrow night. Who's your favorite opposing player who skates at the Dome and why? Give us a nice little story or a nice little reason. We'll probably give you the tickets. But full disclosure, we're also mm-hmm. going to open up the phone lines too. Mm-hmm. You have a better chance of winning the tickets if you call in. Just saying. Uh, name and location too. Uh, it is the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's Monday. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan at the top of the hour. Charles Davis, NFL insider, CBS Sports NFL analyst, will join us. Yesterday was National Tight Ends Day. And a couple tight ends had some big games. George Kittle had a big game for the Niners. They got waxed by the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey continues to be Travis Kelsey, much of the dismay of our technical director, Alex Brody, who traded away Travis Kelsey to Sportsnet 960's Logan Gordon for Clyde Edwards Elaire, who lost his job yesterday, even though he scored a touchdown. Oh, that's too bad. And Darren Waller, who continues to be an absolute band-aid. Oh, that's too bad. So uh, Alex is not having fun. Back to the drawing board. Playing some fantasy football. And Peter Labardius, Phil Bork, your chance to win Flames. Penguins tickets in the lower bowl tomorrow. You got to give us a little story, a little story time. 960, mm-hmm. 960, name and location on the text line. Who's your favorite opposing player that visits the Dome and why? You give us a good one, probably win the tickets. But I'm not going to lie because I don't like to lie, especially on the radio. <laughs> Jack Nicholson had the best quote. There's only two people you lie to, uh, your girlfriend slash wife or the police. But uh, 960, 960, name and location. Uh, who's your favorite opposing player and why visiting the Dome? Best story? We'll win tickets to tomorrow night's game. It's a pretty good deal. Pretty easy. I'm intrigued because there's a lot. Like, for me, I'm someone who every time a road team comes in, I'm like, which rookies am I looking at? Who are the next superstars that we're going to see this year? Like Rasmus Dahlin coming in with the Sabres or Tage Thompson coming in with the Sabres or Sebastian Ajo or... Marty Natchez, yeah. Seth Jarvis was pretty solid for the Canes. So, guys like that, you got the Penguins coming to town and uh, old dudes. Wow, they are old, aren't they? Jeff Carter, <laughs> get to see some of him. Was the youngest Jeff Petrie, Jeff Zucker, the youngest guy on this yeah. team? My goodness, a lot of old dudes from the Penguins. We'll talk to Phil Bork, <laughs> uh, radio analyst, two-time Stanley Cup champion, later on in the program. Samuel those- Poulin. There you go. 21. Keep those texts rolling in. 960-960 name and location. We'll wow. open up the phone lines. And like I said, if, I, if, if you call in, you, you have a better shot at winning tickets. Uh, but first, uh, we got to do the Rose Report. And it's brought to you by MotorWorks, exceeding all expectations. BMW repairs in a service in a started, state-of-the-art facility where they'll meet and beat all competitors' quotes on 51st Ave and 3rd Street, Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Oh, what a busy weekend it was. The Flames hosted the Hurricanes. Tyler Toffoli with a wicked one-timer. The World Series is set. The Philadelphia Phillies are going to the World Series. Plus, we got another Sunday of football in the books. Results for the Stampeders, Wranglers, Hitmen, and Cavalry, and all sorts of weekend nonsense. Talk to me, dirty corn dogs. So let's go ahead and dive on in, fellas. The Flames were hosting the Carolina Hurricanes on Saturday night. W's. 
That's what I'm A Canes team with high ambitions out in the Eastern Conference and Metropolitan Division. Noah Hannafin back in the lineup. Jacob Markstrom back between the pipes after a shaky start on Thursday against the Sabres. In that game, the team turned the puck over far too much in the neutral zone and a similar start Saturday night. Shafani knocks the puck into the neutral zone. His pass doesn't get to Nazem Kadri. Here comes Sebastian Ajo darting in. He geeks and scores. A neutral zone turnover. Sees Hannafin get caught flat-footed. As a result, Sebastian Ajo is able to slice around him across the net and deposit the puck five-hole on Markstrom for a 1-0 lead just a minute 44 into the game. The Canes would extend that lead on a long offensive zone shift near the midway point of the period. Stastny centers it, and that shot off Nason's stick goes wide, and now Stastny will scoop it up behind the Flames' net. He drops it, DeHaan shoots it, and scores! Jacob Markstrom lost his goal stick and isn't a happy camper as Calvin DeHaan fires the puck right <laughs> through him. Yeah, he wasn't a happy camper, but it was Michael Stone's fault, so it's too bad. First try doesn't work, but that started a fire drill for Calgary. Stefan Nosen pushed into Markstrom there. Stick gets caught in the legs. Calvin DeHaan fires the weak wrister from the point, goes right through Markstrom without his twig. 2-0 deficit, 10-28 of the first period. Not looking great. But Markstrom continued to make some dazzling saves as the frame went on. Eventually, it was Nassim Kadri drawing a tripping penalty to send Calgary to the man advantage. Here's Huberto to Anderson. Anderson will stick handle across the blue line. And now throw the puck to the net. It's tipped by Toffoli. Kadri with the rebound. Scores! Kadri draws the trip. Makes no mistake. Burying the rebound. Try on the power play. Got the Flames within a goal. That would be it for the first period. Flames down by one, outshot 12-6. to six. But the ice tilted in the second period. The Flames would outshoot the Canes 14-2, but it was not a pretty goal that would get this one all knotted up. Gathering it up the right wing side, spins, attack the puck from DeHaan, drops it to Dubé, moves it here, corner, Richie, a sharp angle shot, scores! Yuck. 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 I don't know what Antiranto is doing. There's no, there wasn't even a pass to yeah. chief for. Uh, that goal definitely had an odor to it. Ugh. And credit the Flames for, from home. for bouncing back uh, in the second period because mm -hmm. they were having some big time issues uh, oh. with Carolina's speed in the first period. And I think they did a really good job of um, taking away a lot of ice for Carolina in the second period. But that's kind of a, a recurring theme. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a a, a trouble spot here for the Flames, but these last couple games, they're having problems with teams that are super fast, and th these are like the the fastest teams in the league, pretty much. Like Carolina is one of the fastest teams. In the Sabers league. surprised me Sabers with how fast are they were flying all over the ice. Uh, the Avalanche have some really fast, high end talent, much like the Oilers, and I think Calgary struggles a little bit against those teams. And it's not that they get exposed. It's just they have a hard time dealing with some of the speed on some of these teams. And we've been seeing that the last couple games. Credit the Flames for fighting back in this game. But that first period and third period was all Carolina. And it was all speed. And 12, uh, five on five chances, 12 to one, apparently, in favor of the Hurricanes in that game. That's all speed. Well, for me, one of the biggest things that we saw it on the, the first goal for Carolina is when he turned the puck over in the neutral zone. Because all of a sudden, that's a race back to your end. And if you don't have speed, that's where you're losing the races. So if you can get that puck deep as soon as you're across the red line, and you can try and apply that four, four check, which granted, I felt in that game was soft at points and also led to the quick transition the other way for Carolina. Yeah. If you can get that four check going and you're not turning the puck over in the neutral zone, it's an easy way to not get exposed for perhaps your lack of foot speed. This is a team that can move the puck fast, but they don't necessarily have a whole bunch of burners. If is that something that you're going to have an eye on for the remainder of the season? Because uh, you look at the playoffs, Dallas is an older, slower team. Mm -hmm. It's not like Dallas has a ton of young, super fast guys. They have some really nice pieces on the blue line. The and top Robertson, line can do it. it. Yeah, sure. but that was but pretty much it. But as a whole, they're yep. not as fast as Buffalo and Carolina. And even Edmonton, obviously McDavid's the fastest guy on the planet, fastest guy's ever played the game. They have issues with him. I just think this feels like, a, since I've been here, this feels like a recurring theme to me that the Flames are having issues with teams that are fast. And it also gets kind of exposed a little bit on the top line when you have a guy like Toffoli, although scores and has a nose for the net and knows where to be in position, gets caught out of position sometimes because just the foot speed isn't there.
Yeah, and it, it it does happen. Like, the one thing I'll say is that this wasn't a team that lost a whole bunch of speed in the offseason. Like, Johnny Gaudreau left. There was speed there, yes. But Matthew Kachuk, that was never part of his game. And the other guy that you lost is Eric Goodbranson. So, it's not like this is something new for the group. Trying to kind of play against speed teams with different types of kind of moving the puck quick. But I do feel like there is a little bit of an adjustment period here so far. And like I said, some of those turnovers, they just can't happen either. Um, but after 40 minutes of play, this game was all tied up at two. In the third, the Flames had an early power play, couldn't capitalize. They had to kill a couple penalties themselves. We talked about the Blake Coleman penalty in the first segment there. Gets a stick up, cross-checks Brent Byrne right in the, right in the chicklets. And then the Flames fans booed him for the rest of the night, which was hilarious. Good kill for the Flames. Sent the two teams to overtime and a pretty good overtime as well, I would argue. And now race out to the red line. Now across the Hurricanes blue line. He gets by Ajo and centers to Foley. Shoots and scores! Tyler to Foley with a wicked one-timer. Ends the game in overtime. The Flames score three unanswered and defeat the Hurricanes. Three to two. Those ties for a shift and give him the puck. Just put it in the net. That's what he does. <laughs> give him the puck, put him in the net. That's it. That's what he does. Tyler Tafoli bags the game winner. First shift in OT. He gets to the slot. Really nice play by Rasmus Anderson to get by a couple of defenders along the boards and then make the pass. 3-2, the final score. Markstrom, really strong. Uh, he was great. Faced a lot of good attempts from Carolina as well. Shut the door for over 50 minutes straight uh, after that offside goal that was called back. Um, Daryl asked about this important win for his netminder early on in the season. I think the games are important for him. You know, he's got to get... Um, the schedule is not... He needs to get on a roll, right? He's got to play games. And our schedule is... So this next week, we play <coughs> two in, what, nine days or whatever, right? So schedule... We've, we've practiced more than we've played. Those guys like that got to play games. Got to play games. That was a good one for him. I, I thought he was great, especially in the third period. And it's funny how narratives change. If that uh, play that was offside ended up counting with eight seconds to go, yeah, we could have been talking about this morning how what a soft goal that was. You can't let that in with eight seconds to go in a period, and it was a backbreaker. But instead, it gets waved off. He's spectacular in the third period. They kill off that double minor to Blake Coleman, who takes a ridiculously selfish, undisciplined penalty with the cross check to the face, right in the face. Of Brent in Burns. the face. And then all of a sudden, Markstrom's great. But it's funny how, like, you, you know you got Jacob Markstrom, right? Like, it's funny. I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe maybe Vladar needs to see more of the net. Like, Markstrom, he's off to a slow start. That's fine. The dude is elite. Uh, he's one of the top goaltenders on the planet. But it's funny how the backup goaltender, much like the backup quarterback in the NFL, you always look at that guy and go, ooh, that guy wouldn't have well, let that what one if? in. Right. What if? No, Jacob Markstrom's really good. I'm sure he'll find his game. And he was great on Saturday night. Yeah, I was talking to Lou about this in the press box at the Hitman game yesterday. And Are we can bring it up at, at 8 o'clock. Okay. Yeah, it was name dropping. Okay. He was hanging out. He was on the show yesterday. All right. And we talked about it on the broadcast. Maybe people were listening, and I don't want to feel like I'm jamming it down their throat. Okay. But we are talking yesterday, and it's five games into the season. Also, still October. Do they hand out the Stanley Cup in October? No, they don't. They'll be fine. It's Jacob Markstrom. He'll be fine. Other NHL games yesterday, cracking her off to a solid start. Yesterday, they did look like uh, maybe had the free spot in the bingo card as they were taking on the Blackhawks in Seattle. Leads of 2-0 and 4-3 were never safe. Ricochets off Tyler Johnson's stick. He's got it back in behind. Fendelsled Johnson shoots the scores! Tyler Johnson with a second of the game. Now Dickinson fires. He scores! Jason Dickinson for the right circle. And the Kraken zone. Good work down low by Lafferty and Kurashev. Bang, bang, the Hawks are leading. Five to four. They score two goals, 13 seconds apart to beat the Kraken. Five to four. Elsewhere, the Red Wings beat up the Ducks. Five to one, three points for Dominic Kubelik. The Blue Jackets opened up a 5-1 win on the Rangers. Yaroslav Halak only stopped 16 of 21 shots for the Rangers. His second game of the season, and he looks like a bit of a problem. Um, 
Yeah, you just play Shesterkin for the rest of the 80. It's fine. Uh, he's lost both of his starts and really hasn't looked good in either of them. In Florida, the Panthers were taking on the Islanders. It was a former Flame getting the game winner on this one. Has it here on the near side, out the line. Kirsten, a drive, and that one knocked away by Varlamov. It looked like he got a piece of it. Now Lomberg in front shot, he scores! Ryan Lomberg out of the left circle. He rips it past Varlamov, blocker side. Maybe a different former Flame on the Panthers than you would expect. And maybe a sure. shock or a Bennett or something like that. But it is Ryan Lomberg who gets the game winner 3-2. to two. They beat the Islanders with his first of the season. Finally, the Sharks shut out the Flyers 3 to nothing on the road. Travis Konechny and Kevin Hayes both benched for the entire third period oh boy. in this one by the man himself, on, man. John Tortorella. October. Yeah, our whole performance wasn't sucked. Whole performance sucked. Okay. You think uh, he'll come out and apologize like Sheldon Keefe tomorrow? I really... You think um, that's going to happen? You know what? Yeah, he always does. I so, misspoke. Yeah. I don't want to hurt people's feelings. It's okay. Today's slate, 5 o'clock, you got the Stars and the Senators and the Capitals and the Devils. 6 o'clock sees the Penguins visit the Oilers and the Blues take on the Jets in Winnipeg. At 8 o'clock, the Leafs on the road out west. They'll take on the Golden Knights, the Hurricanes, and the Canucks will also battle at 8 o'clock. Leafs fans can stay up for that one. 10 o'clock start out east. My goodness. Uh, real quick, too. You know how I love the NHL schedule makers? Yeah, you don't, but go on. Okay, but why, why, why is Crosby... And McDavid playing on a Monday night. At 6 when, o'clock. When that should have been a hockey night in Canada game. It's part of Rogers' Monday night hockey. Oh, yeah. That's our other, listen, big, listen. That's our other big property, George. You li- Listen, uh, producer Patrick DeMont, you will never hear me say one bad thing about Rogers because I love it. <laughs> and the cell phones are the best. But the NHL schedule maker. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Mm, give me some more. Pay your, pay your bills on time. Ooh. So why aren't they playing on a Saturday night? No, this should have been a Saturday night game. Exactly. Or even like a standalone game on no. a Tuesday or like a Wednesday down I, in the States. Because that's how you market the game. Yeah. You know, the, the best player used to be the best player in the world playing the best player no, in the world. No, it's running up against Monday Night Football. That's what I mean. Even though it's the Pats and Bears tonight, and then the game's probably going to suck. We're all going to watch. Uh, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to two-screen it. That's why I got the two-screen TV thing yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, yeah. like, again, like you could, the Penguins and Oilers should not be playing on a Monday night. Just doesn't make any sense to me. Market your league. They play twice a year. Market even, your league. Even the Leafs and Knights. What they should have done Saturday doubleheader. They should have swapped it. You do the Penguins, Oilers, your 5 o'clock. Leafs and Knights is your 8 o'clock. That would have been nice. Yeah. Anyways, from the NFL, we had another busy slate. So let's dive on into it. Uh, how about the Lions? Up to their old tricks again. Turn the ball over five times in the second half as the Cowboys beat the Lions 24-6. to There's no turds here. No. Well, some turds there. The Colts offense turned the ball over three times. They lost to the Titans 19-10. That was a divisional clash. Commanders and Packers. What's going on with the pack here, Patty? Heineke sets up, looking for Terry McCormick against Alexander. It is caught! Touchdown! Commanders take the lead! Tyler Heineke to Terry McLaurin. I'm scary Terry. You can run, but you can't hide. Commanders beat the Packers quite handily, 23-21. Uh, that's something I'm going to ask Charles Davis coming up. Uh, did Brady Rogers think after yesterday? he can run and he hide? Yeah, uh, that. And you think Brady and Rogers are like, why did I come back? Well, I know why Aaron Rodgers did, because he was getting like $250 million. Yeah. That's a good reason. Mm-hmm. But Tom Brady like literally threw away his entire family uh, yeah. to come back to play for a bad Bucks team right now. But the Packers, Patty Dumont, and you rock yeah. the Packers gear. You're a Packers fan. This is more than just Devontae Adams not being there anymore, No, this right? is this is Brian Gutekunst, the GM, going back three years. They knew that this was going to happen, that they were going to have a day with no receivers under contract, and it's come back and bite them. Mm. This is on the GM. This is on the front office. Okay. Elsewhere, Tom Brady threw the ball 49 times and amassed 290 yards, no touchdowns in... Uh, they got beat bad by Carolina. The Panthers in a full-blown fire sale right after they traded CMC... They beat the Buccaneers 21-3. to A lot of survivor pools went down yesterday, Oof. too. And my nephew texted me something after that game. There was this weird rumor going around social media yesterday that allegedly Tom Brady got so mad he was screaming in the locker room after saying, I've lost my family over this. And then he threw a chair. And then not only with that, but he threw a chair and then allegedly hit a ball boy and knocked him unconscious. <laughs> yeah, that Whoa. didn't happen. 
My nephew's like, oh my god! I'm like, did you like, hear? My nephew's 17 and totally got fished in mm. by a weird internet rumor, yeah, on, on Twitter. But that was floating around social media. That Brady got so incensed, he whipped a chair, hit a ball boy, and knocked him unconscious. Seems realistic, yeah. Mm. Brian Dayball was smoking stogies and signing autographs. The Giants snuck out a 23-17 win in Jacksonville to move to six and one on the season. The Bengals and the Falcons. Oh boy, if you owned Joe Burrow in fantasy, you were happy yesterday. Burrow on a first and ten, gonna loft it down the sideline. Chase has it, and he's in. Touchdown, Cincinnati. Three tutties, 481 yards through the air for Burrow. 34 to 42, the Bengals. 34 442. The Bengals win 35-17. The Gus bus back in Baltimore. Gus Edwards had two rushing TDs as the Ravens beat the Browns 23-20. Brees Hall scored a 62-yard touchdown, but then might have torn his ACL. More oh, tests God. coming from the Jets rookie running back today, although they did beat the Broncos 16-9. Mr. Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Raiders over the Texans 38-20. Seahawks over the Chargers 37-23. Kenneth Walker was clocked around 22 miles per hour on his 74-yard touchdown run for the Seahawks, which is ridiculous. The Chiefs put up 44 on the Niners. They won 44-23, and the Dolphins got by the Steelers 16-10 on Sunday night football. Monday night football has the Bears and the Pats. Total is 40. Pats, the Patriots, 8.5-point favorite. My goodness. MLB postseason, the World Series is set after yesterday. We'll start with the Phillies and the Padres. Split the first two games in San Diego, which set up three straight in Philly. They won the first two, so a chance to clinch on a Sunday where the Eagles were on a bye. Philadelphia was in a bit of a bit of a tizzy for this one. Winning, you go to the World Series, losing, you go back to San Diego for game six and seven. Bryce Harper hit a home run in the bottom of the eighth. A two-run shot put the Phillies up four to three. Ranger Suarez replaced David Robertson with a couple men on base. One out in the bottom of the ninth. The Phillies a chance to move on. Suarez fires. Pop fly. Right field. Segura's out. Castellanos on. And the Philadelphia Phillies are going to the World Series. It's going to be pretty crazy in that town. Eagles are cruising. Yeah. Phillies are on in the World Series. That is a sports town. It's not like Atlanta that's a soulless sports town. Mm. Like, they love their sports in Philadelphia. And I know uh, a buddy of mine, a uh, Habs fan, went to the years ago um, when the Habs and Flyers played in the playoffs. And literally, he was wearing his jersey. And people did him like a public service announcement. Don't wear that jersey into the arena. <laughs> don't do that. Don't, and especially For don't, your own safety. Don't go to the washroom, too, yeah. wearing that jersey. Bad things will happen to you because that's what type of animals they are in Philadelphia <laughs> when it comes to their sports teams. Elsewhere, uh, the Yankees are trying to avoid a sweep. The hands of the Astros in the ALCS are oh, just too bad to watch. Jordan Alvarez singled on a ground ball to tie the game at five in the top of the seventh before Alex Bregman would single, scoring Jeremy Pena. Houston takes the game six to five. They sweep the Yankees. That's just too bad. Yeah, and Aaron Judge's last game. Oh, maybe. With the Yankees? Wouldn't it yeah. be great if he signed with the Mets? That would yeah. be awesome we were if he about... signed with the Mets. Yeah. But he's a California guy. The Giants have a lot of dough. Maybe he'll go. To... He's staying in New York, though. The Steinbrenners can't let him walk. But what if they did? 61 home runs, 62 home runs. What if he was just walk? like, you know what? No. And <laughs> and again, like, I, I know I was critical that he turned maybe down he over. he wants to grow a beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's his number one reason. I want to grow a beard. I want facial hair. Um, I, I was very critical of Aaron Judge turning down over $200 million. It's like, you're you're not that young anymore. Take the guaranteed payday. Nope. Dude bet on himself, and bam. Uh, he's going to make gobs of money this winter, and he's yeah. the mo- far and away the most sought-after free agent. Just side note, the Blue Jays could sign him if they want to. They just don't want to. Hypothetically. Yeah. There's they can open anybody. The money's there. Yeah, 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 yeah. They just don't want to. Yeah, There's yeah, a difference. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah no, 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 not, not, no, no, not, not that's there. Not the that's not no, that. That was earlier. Oh, yeah. um, hey, are you ready? Raptors were in yeah, action over okay, the weekend. I'm ready. Yeah, Twenty four double header. Last time, yeah. you you ran out of time in I a did. hurry. So here's the deal. Are you ready? Okay. So ju- just for the listeners, um, we, we this is the way we're covering the Raptors this season on the show. Uh, we do it in t- in 24 seconds, like a shot clock in the NBA. So, ready? Okay. Set? Yeah. 
Friday night, Kevin Durant broke a tie with a three-pointer. 56 seconds to go. Raptors lost in Brooklyn to the Nets. 109-105. Is the ceiling really up on Pascal Siakam? He had 37 points, 13 boards, and 11 assists. He looks like he's even better this season. We'll be all NBA. Put it in the bank. And then on Saturday, Jimmy Butler scored 24 points. Raptors lost 112-109. Uh, Siakam and Trent Jr. both 23 points. Impressive oh, to that's too bad. That was, oh, that's... Uh... Okay. I tried. So they lost and then they won? That was the deal? No, they, they lost both games. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Stampeders won over the weekend. Hey. Uh, we know our, who they're our playing. friend of the show, Dave Dickinson. There we go. We know uh, who they're going to play in the playoffs, well, finally. It was the Lions the whole yeah, time. Yeah, but we know where. They're going to go to BC November the 6th after they beat the Riders. They also knocked the Riders out of the playoffs the year that the Riders host the Grey Cup. Hilarious. How sweet is that? That's too bad. But um, that's like that's a problem for people in Saskatchewan. <laughs> oh yeah, now did, they gotta did, did now you, they gotta wait for like what is the Saskatchewan Rock season? Yeah, start soon. Uh, do you did you guys know that uh, the rough uh, the Rough Riders are number three in Canada in team merchandise sales? Yeah. I didn't it's know the that. Leafs, the Habs, and then the Rough Riders. Yep, that checks out. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now, have you ever hollowed out a watermelon and put it on your head? No, no. no. I, I think that'd be warm. No. I've um, taken a two six vodka and you take the top off and into the watermelon. Into the watermelon. How is that? And I've then never you done give that. it like a day yeah. to drain in marinate? and marinate, and, yeah. s- and then you just slice it, spoon, yeah. boozed. Nice. Oh yeah, no problem. Bagged, as okay. we would say. Right. Uh, elsewhere, I love that Western Canadian vernacular. Bagged. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Wrang- bag day, bud. Wranglers won on the weekend. They beat Colorado 4-2 for their first win. They also lost to Colorado. It was a doubleheader. Connor Zary did score twice in the win. They'll play Coachella Valley twice this weekend on the road. Next home game, November the 2nd against Tucson. The Hitman lost to the Blades Friday 3-0. They took on the Raiders Saturday. Record-setting performance by one of their overagers is Captain Riley Fiddler. Schultz scored five goals twine a 22-year-old franchise record for goals in a game set by former fourth overall pick Pavel Brendel. Wow. In the year 2000. You remember Pavel Brendel? I do. Fourth overall to the Rangers? Enormous bust. Humongous bust. Yeah. 22 points in, I think, 74 NHL games. Guy could score, but like Lou said, couldn't couldn't really check his hat in the defensive zone. Okay. Uh, Hitman play the Oil Kings in Edmonton Friday. They'll host the Vancouver Giants Sunday. And the season has come to an end for Cavalry FC. They fall 2-1 to one for Forge. Who's 3-2 in aggregate. Forge goes on to Battle Atletico Ottawa in the one-leg CPL final. That's it. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, and the Rose Report was brought to you by MotorWorks, exceeding all expectations. BMW repairs and service in a state-of-the-art facility where they'll meet and beat all competitors. Quotes on 51st Ave and 3rd Street. Southeast Charles Davis from the NFL on CBS straight ahead and get those texts rolling in 960, 960 name and location. Who's your favorite opposing player that visits the dome and why uh, the best text or the best call will win flames penguins tickets tomorrow. Two hours to go. The big show, Russick and Rose sportsnet 960, the fan.